Well, it's it's such a blessing, Randy and Beverly, to see you here this morning. They're they're uh, in uh, San Marcos. They've been quarantined for the summer from Israel and and unable to uh, to uh, to be there. But we we always look forward to seeing you in the summers when you'll pass through. And uh, but we're glad that you could be with us this morning. Um, so. Uh, if we could, let's let's open our Bibles to um, to Romans chapter four. Romans chapter four. And we're going to pick up with where we left off last week. And Romans chapter four, yes. Um, I would like to read in those verses from uh, verses uh, actually back to 13 since it's, it's related in regard to uh, the righteousness of faith. And it's described and defined in, in these passages. And we're given the illustration of Abraham's life and, and his righteousness by faith. And we find it in these verses, some really wonderful principles for us and things that we need to cling to as God's people. Verse 13, for the promise to Abraham or to his descendants that he would be heir of the world was not through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if those who are of the law are heirs, faith is made void and the promise is nullified. For the law brings about wrath, but where there is no law, neither is there violation. For this reason it is by faith that it might be in accordance with grace in order that the promise may be certain to all the descendants, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, a father of many nations have I made you in the sight of him whom he believed, even God, who gives life to the dead and calls into being that which does not exist. In hope against hope, he believed in order that he might become a father of many nations according to that which had been spoken, so shall your descendants be. And, out with, and without becoming weak in faith, he contemplated in his own body, now as good as dead, since he was about a hundred years old in the deadness of Sarah's womb, Yet with respect to the promise of God, he did not waver in unbelief, but grew strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully assured that what he had promised he was able to perform. Therefore, it was reckoned to him as righteousness. Now, not for his sake only was it written that it was reckoned to him, but for the sake also to whom it will be reckoned as those who believe in him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead, He who was delivered up because of our transgressions and was raised because of our justification. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word. So this morning we want to speak about this, the law of faith or the faith of Abraham as it's described and given to us in scripture and recorded in God's word. The faith which reckoned him to righteousness, the faith which is a principle and a truth that's given throughout the Scripture, Old Testament and New Testament. And 
there's some maxims in the, the book of Romans that Paul gives to us, some major truths or major general principles. If we go back to chapter 1, we find that he speaks about the power of God unto salvation through the gospel of Jesus Christ. He introduces it. I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who what? Believes. For all who believe, to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. And then he speaks about uh, other principles there. Uh, in it, the righteousness of God is revealed, um, is uh, manifested, uh, and the righteous man lives by faith. This is a general principle. And it's this principle and this maximum that we're looking at this morning. And following that in verses 18 there, in chapter 1, verse 18, uh, it refers to the wrath of God and Basically, it's summarized up in chapter 3 that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. These are major truths that are true. This is a generalization of all of, uh, of the human race that all, every single one, every single person has uh, fallen short of the glory of God. And, uh, and so uh, what is the answer? And the questions being addressed are, uh, the, the law, the things that were given in the Old Testament as regard to salvation and the principle that, that carries over from Old Testament to New is that just as Abraham was uh, accounted or imputed righteousness through faith, so today in the, in the gospel of Jesus Christ, we're accounted righteousness, we're imputed, we're accredited that righteousness, that righteousness of Jesus Christ, that which he uh, performed, that, those works which he did and was able to do. And that righteousness is imputed to us by faith. It's not by works. So the, the contrast here in the verses that we're looking at this morning have to do with the law of it the law of works or the law of faith? This is such an important topic and so so very important for us to, to, to lay hold of this truth this morning as believers. Because if the righteous man lives by faith, then we need to know the relationship of the law, what the law does and what it doesn't do, and what it means for the righteous to live by faith. And because I, I say this, and and uh, and we've we've really focused on this for a number of weeks, because it's such an important issue. Because by nature, I want for you to understand that in our flesh, we'll always go to the law. We'll go to the law for sanctification. We'll go for the, to the law for for living the Christian life. We'll go instead of to the righteousness that comes through faith. And I want to, to make clear this morning that uh, Abraham's faith in God's promises imputed present righteousness to him. It was accounted to him. It was given to him. It's an act of grace, as the scripture says, uh, that uh, for this reason it was by faith that it might be in accordance with grace. Grace means a gift it means something that's not worked for. 
in order that the promise may be certain to all the descendants, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham. That's you and me that follow after in faith. And so the apostles, they, they taught that in the book of Acts that, that, uh, that we're not to, to uh, seek sanctification. Acts chapter 15 and said, the things that we couldn't do with the law, why would we impose it upon the Gentiles? And I want you to know that it's by nature that your flesh is going to go to the law. It's just that we're always looking for the parameter uh, where we can, uh, we look at things, we say, well, how do we avoid these bad things that come and the consequences that come because of sin? And so, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quit doing that. And it's that principle that works in us that, that hinders us from the grace and, and the, the gift that God has given to us. And I'm speaking of the law of faith. So let's consider in these verses um, Abraham's promise there in verse 20. Yet with respect to the promise of God, he did not waver in unbelief, but grew strong in faith, giving glory to God. Now, if we go back to, to Romans 3.27, we find this, this principle of the law of faith. It's being expounded upon here. And it's stated there, where then is boasting? It is excluded. By what kind of law? Of works? No. But by a law of faith. This is significant. It's Paul's main point that he's making through these verses. He's made the point that, that there were uh, back back in chapter one, there were the pagans that that had the general law that from uh, that that they received innately from their creator, and they rejected that truth. They suppressed that truth in unrighteousness. He talked about the moral man in chapter two, the the, the natural moral man, the Gentile moral man. Then he goes into uh, the the Jewish man that has been given the law and been given greater. Uh, special revelation, all of these, and, and, and all uh, of those laws, the general law, the natural law that's given through God's creation, the special revelation given through the law of Moses, none of those will save you. None of those will justify you, and none of those will sanctify you as Christians before the Lord. So what is the principle then? The principle is the law of faith. The, you see, the law of works, the law of works is what we do. Um, and, uh, and we go back to 27, where then is boasting? Well, that's boast in the glory of man if, it, if we do it. But the law of faith is boasting and, and it, is, it, it attributes to God the glory that is due his name. So the law of faith is what God does, you see, because God is your Savior. He's the one that's able to deliver you from your, your present areas of sinfulness, from those things that are not sanctified before God, uh, for, uh, from your, your present distress and struggles. He's our Savior. All glory goes to God. All glory goes to God. Works are what we do. Faith is in God who is able. And God is able to do all things. With God, all things are possible. The law of works is what we do. The law of faith is what God does. So let's look then at verse 20, at the law of faith. Uh, it, it says in this verse that, that 
that Abraham did not, he did not falter, he did not waver. And I just remind you of what we covered last week because it's so significant and important to, uh, to this passage. First, there's the promise of the land. And this, this promise is what? It's the word which involves the, the, the reputation it involves the, the character, the person of God, his integrity, because it's his word, right? So if God spoke it, it must be true. And God gave the promise of the land inheritance. It was offered on the basis of faith to Abraham. And uh, that promise was given. Abraham received the promise of God's grace and his promise through faith. And those are the things that we looked at this last time, these last few times. Abraham believed the promise when he did not possess it. Now that's a major principle for us. That that God says things that are going to we're going to know the fullness of that promise in the future. And then Abraham's faith in promise imputed present righteousness to him. That it imputed righteousness. It accredited him with righteousness. Um, so uh, we find in the scripture that God by grace gives life to the dead. John chapter uh, 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and, and, uh, and in Him was life, and the life was the light of the world. Jesus Christ gives life. God gives life. Life comes from God our Creator. We owe all to God. He gives life to the dead. God speaks into existence what does not exist. That's the nature of faith because his power, his person is outside of the creation. He, uh, God's word tr transcends human possibilities or probabilities. Abraham could have looked and said, you know, Sarah's 99, I'm 100 years old, this can't happen. But Abraham believed God. He put his trust in God who is able to bring into existence that which does not exist. And then God's word has power over the natural laws which we see. These things were described last week in the verses. But here we find that, that true faith, the, the law of faith, it does not waver. Okay, James 1 through 6 says, uh, in James chapter 1 it says, If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all men uh, liberally and and then it goes on to say but let him ask in faith with no doubting for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind for let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the law he from the Lord I'm sorry he is a double minded man unstable in all his ways so uh, here we find one who wavers in faith. And how many times in Scripture do we find the Lord Jesus saying, uh, Oh, ye of little faith, why do you, why do you doubt? Uh, 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 fear not. How many times? He, and, and we have to deal with those fears that we have in our humanity, right? Uh, and, and faith is the opposite of that. It's, it's boldness. It's courage. But not courage in ourselves. Courage in God to do in and through us what we cannot do for ourselves because he's our savior. He's the one that's able to deliver. So I'm challenging you this morning. 
I challenge you as God's people to grow in faith. Grow in the, in the, uh, the faith uh, that, that God has given to you. And the scripture makes it clear that these things are given to us. We have every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Uh, he has granted unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness. These are his promises. So if we lay hold of those as God's people, if we by faith uh, take hold of the promises of God, and by faith um, uh, lay hold, Lori, what's? Okay. Okay. Yeah, let me pray. Uh, Father in heaven, I pray for Mom Tyler that you will, uh, Lord, uh, take care of her and her health. Uh, we pray, God, for your mercies and ask uh, that you would um, be with her this morning. And, uh, God, that, uh, that uh, your hand would be there to heal her uh, and that we may uh, find out what uh, the issues are, Lord. We pray in Jesus' name. Okay. Um, yes. So. Um, okay. We'll we'll go on here. Yes, by God's grace. Um, so. In twenty one, we're not to waver in faith. He does not waver, and this is not a faith that's like a magic wand. It, it's not. Uh, a faith where we wish our will into existence uh, because that's a cult. That's New Age stuff. And it's infiltrated into the church. And we need to understand as God's people uh, that faith in, in God. You know, Jesus said, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, then you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Uh, this This faith is faith upon the creator of the universe, the one who gives life, the one who brings into existence that which did not exist, uh, the one that is able to do uh, that which is impossible and improbable to happen by time and by chance. It is God uh, that gives to us this grace. Uh, he is reliable and we can trust or depend upon him. It is not God telling us his plans. Uh, sometimes in our fearfulness, we just want to know what God is going to do. Uh, we want to know uh, what he's unfolding here. And, uh, and really the, the truth of the matter is that we want to put ourselves on the throne of God, don't we? We want to say, hey, I want to, to have some control of my life. I want to know what's happening tomorrow. And I don't know. And so and our prayer is designed so that God, please tell us what you're going to do and tell us what the plan is. Uh, but that's, that's not faith. Faith is believing in the promise of God and leaving the plan of God to one who knows much better than what we know, right? So if we t take the perspective of back to the future, we, we may uh, uh, think like this, you know, faith is in in God's power and wisdom, and you're like a blind man at the wheel and you're trying to steer this car into the future which you cannot see. You're a blind. 
You can't see what's going to happen tomorrow. And so if you're trying to steer the, the vehicle uh, into the future that you can't see and can't know, you're a blind man at the wheel. But if Christ is at the wheel, he sees the future, he knows the moral, he knows exactly what he's doing, and we can trust him. And so we take the passenger seat. That's, that's the key to life. It's the key to the expression of God's righteousness within us. It's the, the key to those things which are necessary for us to follow after our father Abraham, that we might <clears throat> live in righteousness, in the righteousness of faith. And what a wonderful truth to us and, and how... how that relieves us. You know, if you cast your burdens on the Lord because you know that He cares for you, that's a wonderful thing. That's freeing. And with that comes peace. Jesus said, my peace I leave with you. We need God's peace. We need to, uh, to know His mercies, to know His grace and kindness to us as His people. And... Uh, and he's given to us these things. You know, be anxious. Don't be worried about anything. Don't be worried about anything. But in every, what is the, the promise there? But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Have you thought about this? Have you thought about the power that is involved in faith in Almighty God when he's at the will? So that, that when the circumstances that you're in that you can't control, you can't steer the will anymore, uh, you're just abandoning to God and to his faithfulness in such a way that you can say, God, I don't understand this, but I give you thanks for what you're doing in my life. I know that you're trustworthy. I know that you're powerful enough to do what only you can do. I know that you have, have uh, the, the kindness and mercy and, and have expressed that love toward me in such a way that I can trust you. That's what it's all about. That's living the Christian life. That's the, the truth uh, of God's word and, and what it means to for the righteous to live by faith. Don't you want to live that way? Don't you want to, to walk uh, free with your burdens cast upon the Lord and to know that as you humble yourself under His mighty hand, that He knows what He's doing and that He's doing, there's nothing that can stop Him. With Him all things are possible and He's just he's going to do these things that are beyond your comprehension. The scripture says he's able to do exceeding and abundantly above all that we ask or think. That's a glorious God. He's worthy of our praise. And he's worthy of us giving thanksgiving to him in the deepest and darkest thing that can happen to us. And God may take and has taken, and I've watched him in the lives of our people here at Grace Bible Church take uh, many of us uh, through very deep and dark trials and, and, and uh, persecution and struggles and times of, of great and deep human anguish. Uh, but God, faith takes us past that anguish uh, to the place where we know his word that all things work together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purposes. 
therefore we can give thanks for that very thing which is causing us so much anguish. By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, we can know the power and grace of God. In verse 21, it says, And being fully assured that what God has promised, he was able also to perform. God performs it. Uh, Abraham, I'm sorry, I forgot a point here. Uh, that Abraham increases in strength. Yeah, we want to uh, to hear uh, now what to do and what the law says to do, and make sure that we that we do good works so that we can avoid uh, all of these bad consequences that may happen to us. But God wants us to in, increase in strength in our faith so that we're we're trusting in Him and relying upon Him and waiting upon Him. And we we find going back to the the faith of Abraham, God said. Abraham, I will bless Sarah, I will bless her, and indeed I will give you a son uh, by her. Then I will bless her, and she shall be the mother of nations. Kings and peoples will come out of her. And you're here this morning because God decided in his plan and in his salvation to bring uh, through Sarah uh, the, 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 the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ, the God-made flesh. And then it says in Genesis 22:2 that he said, Take now your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on the, one of the mountains on which I tell you. That was his only son. Isaac, his only son, the one that the promise had been given to. And, and what did Abraham do? Well, he had an increase in faith. He had heard God's promise, you see. Get the connection between the promise that was given to Abraham, the promise that God gave, and his faith in what God said. And we, we have the, the, the formula, the thing that Old Testament and New Testament never change, that maxim that is true, that the righteous live by faith. And, and it's been displayed to us. And we know that this is our God. He is almighty. He is powerful. The nations are as a drop in the bucket. But God is able to do. He's able to create, bring out of nothing, bring into existence that which did not exist. And that's exactly what he did through Abraham. Mighty did Abraham increase in strength. Mighty he increased in strength. And then in verse 21, and being fully assured that what God had promised, he was able also to perform. It, it gives glory to God. He's fully assured that God is able to do what God said he would do. And, and, and he gives glory to God. He's, God is able to perform it. God's salvation is enough for you. His promise is enough for you. And if we can learn to... Uh, to grow strong in faith and increase in faith there and not waver in faith, but lay hold as Abraham laid hold of those that truth of the promise of God, uh, being fully assured. Are you fully assured this morning? Do you have that confidence in your God? Do you know him in that way? This is eternal life, to know thee, the one true God, and Jesus Christ whom he has sent. Do you know God in, in, in that depth of of fullness of understanding. And then we, we give glory to God in that. There's no boasting in what 
and our works in what man can do. And so uh, we need this. We need to, to encourage one another in faith. We need to walk in faith. We need to live by faith. We need to live full of God's spirit and knowing his truth, knowing the Lord our God. In verse 22, therefore it was credited to him unto righteousness. Okay, so uh, the fourth point was he's, I'm sorry, he's assured of God's ability. Uh, He's able to do what we cannot do. With God all things are possible. With he's at the steering wheel and he knows the future of what's going to happen to you. He knows what's going to happen. He has a plan for it. Uh, Can you trust him? Even if it's difficult. Even if times are hard and, and difficulties are there, can you, can you go to him in prayer and supplication and say, make me victorious in Jesus Christ. I put my trust in you. I don't know what you're doing, but I know you know what you're doing. And I trust you. And I believe that you're working these things together for good. And I hope that I may see some of that. But I realize, and Abraham realized, that he never saw these nations that God promised to him. He didn't live to see them. But he believed God. He believed God to such an extent that he was willing to sacrifice Isaac and willing to that only son. He knew that God was going to raise him up from the dead. In fact, if you read the text, it says he leaves his servants. He says, wait here and we'll be back. You know, so I mean, I I think Abraham thought that I'm going to sacrifice him and God's going to raise him up because I heard God's promise. I don't know how God's going to do it, but I trust him. That's faith. What a demonstration our father Abraham was for us. And may we follow in his footsteps. May we lay hold of what God has given to us through this uh, wonderful man. Of righteousness? Yes, he had righteousness imputed to him. And it's demonstrated. It's demonstrated because he grew strong in faith. And that faith was a demonstration uh, that his works expressed the righteousness of God. It expressed glory to God. It expressed what we didn't have for all of sin and fallen short of the glory of God. And you can't get that kind of thing through works. It comes through faith. Through faith in this, this Lord God that sent His only Son, our Lord Jesus, to die on the cross for us. Therefore it was credited to Him for righteousness. It was rewarded and with imputed righteousness. And that's the way not only are you justified before God when you put your faith in Jesus Christ having died for your sins and paid the full penalty for your sin, but also as you're sanctified. For that, that area of sin in your life that you can't get control of, haven't you learned? Can't we learn that, that, that our flesh, can't, we can't modify it, we can't correct it? The flesh has to die in Christ. Be buried with him in his death by faith. That we may be raised up to walk in newness of life. Jesus said there must be a transformation that takes place on the inside. And that's what God's spirit does inside the man. When by faith he believes God's word. He takes his position in Jesus Christ. And then God does by God's power what man cannot do. Isn't that that glorious? That God has given to us such things. We're rewarded with Christ imputed righteousness, not only in justification, but in how we walk. So if you're if you're 
in bondage of sin because Christ said he that commits sin is a slave of sin. He's in bondage to sin. He that commits sin is a slave to sin. But if the Son shall set you free, you shall be free indeed, right? We're free in Jesus Christ. He is able to deliver. God is able to deliver you. But it is His righteousness, it is His glory, it is His power that saves you. Justification, sanctification, and ultimately glorification. Verse 23, now for the sake, not only was, for his sake, not only was this written that it was credited to him, um, but for the sake also to whom, but for our sake also to whom it will be credited. And I'll stop there. For we look in here at the, the, the law of faith. Uh, it's imputed in righteousness. The next slide there, if we could have it. Yeah, Abraham's faith was written to assure us that righteousness comes through faith. We see this demonstration, this principle. Uh, his faith uh, was written. It was written down for us uh, that we might know uh, this. And Paul's point um, uh, is, is written there. Abraham's imputation was written for us. It's the demonstration. Uh, and as the scripture says, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God and the salvation to everyone who believes, uh, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. Abraham's faith to our faith. Christ, Jesus Christ's faith to our faith. Uh, the, the, that principle, that truth is, is there because the righteous man must live by faith. Faith in what God does. Faith to the glory of God. Faith to the honor and glory of our Lord Jesus Christ because he gave him a name above all names. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Every tongue confess that righteousness is his. His expressed through us. His expressed through his people. His that only God could give and do because all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. There's none that understands. There's none that seeks after God. They have all turned astray. There's, uh, there's, there's none righteous. There's none that can drum it up. It's God's mercies to us. Verse 24, but for our sake also to whom it will be credited as to those who believe in him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. The righteous live by faith. Faith in what? What is the power of the gospel? What is the message that Paul carries? That God raised Jesus Christ from the dead after that moment on the cross of Calvary that our sins, that your sin, your personal sins, all of them that were committed were paid in full. Now, isn't it interesting in chapter 3 that it says, um, it, it declares that um, the righteousness of God, which is through faith in Jesus Christ, for all those who believe to the Jew, uh, for all those who believe, for there's no distinction, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace through the, uh, through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus, whom God displayed publicly as a propitiation in His blood through faith, this was to demonstrate, uh, listen to this, this was to demonstrate his righteousness 
Because in the forbearance of God, he passed over sins previously committed. So in the Old Testament, God passed over. We had the Passover lamb. Those sins were passed over. They were passed over for the moment that Jesus Christ would be on the cross of Calvary. And God made he who knew no sin to become sin on our behalf. God took the sins of those saints in the past and placed them on him, on the Lord Jesus. He passed over them before that. But in the day in which Paul is preaching the gospel, in the fullness of time, the Lord Jesus Christ came. And there on the cross of Calvary, he was suspended to physical death in the, the offspring, in the body of the offspring of David, which was the offspring of our father Abraham, the seed that was promised. And in that suspension, God took sins past and present. And then if you look at verse 26, for the demonstration, I say, of his righteousness at the present time that he might be justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. He's just. God is just to take the sins of those saints in the past and our sins that were in the future. And he took and in the, he, he made him sin who knew no sin. On the cross of Calvary, the full penalty for your sin was paid there in Jesus Christ. He bore that for you. And that's the expression of God's love for you this morning. It's what God has done through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And so we find then that second principle, righteousness is imputed to those who believe in him who was resurrected, who resurrected Jesus. It's that same law of faith. And the third point that we find there is that Jesus was delivered over to pay for our transgressions. He who was delivered over because of our transgression and was raised up for our justification. Now get the point here. Jesus Christ was delivered over. He willingly went to the cross of Calvary on your behalf. There God the Father took his wrath and poured it out upon his sons. Inconceivable. I don't understand it. But I know that it's, it's true and it's what God's word says and I, I put my trust in it. Our faith is in what God did. And the faith says that, that your sin, uh, get this, your sin, your, those things that you did in offense to God, God took them and placed them on Jesus Christ and he, he paid that full penalty for you on the cross of Calvary. He was delivered over to pay for our transgressions. He paid for all of your transgressions. It's a free gift. It's by grace. It's received by faith. We believe it. And there is our freedom. There's freedom to live the Christian life. There's freedom to know the power of God. And as we get into chapter 5, we're going to talk about that, that freedom. We're going to look at some of the, these wonderful things. Uh, and then... We find uh, the fourth point here and the final point was Jesus was raised to declare our justification. His, his resurrection is, it declares our justification. If the just shall live by faith, it's, it's, uh, that justification is that Jesus Christ who died and paid the full penalty for our sin was resurrected to declare that the abolition of death has occurred through Jesus Christ. 
And the offer of the gospel, the reason that we should not be ashamed of the gospel, is because it is the only power of God whereby man can be saved. It is only in the name of Jesus that we may know his salvation. And we can declare that there's justification, that there's reunification, that there's reconciliation, that there's redemption in Christ's blood because of Christ's work on the cross of Calvary. No glory to man, but glory to God. And an acknowledgement that with God, all things are possible. Father in heaven, we thank you for your word and for your mighty power displayed in the salvation that has been wrought in Jesus Christ. Give us boldness, Lord God, as your people to express the truth and the power of the gospel. Give us that grace, Lord God, and power that we might walk in the light of your salvation, that we might be uh, know the fullness of Christ in us, that you would grant unto us according to the riches of your glory, to be strengthened with might by your Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in our heart by faith, that we may be filled to all the fullness of God, that we may labor striving according to your power, which mightily works within us, and that we might know what it means to be righteous, because it's been imputed to us through our Lord Jesus Christ. And we lay hold of it by faith and by trusting your word and what you have said, the promise that you've given to us. We pray and ask these things in the glorious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.